Amen. Our scripture for this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 39 through 55. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version, Luke, chapter 1, verses 39 through 55. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, and why has this happened to me? that the mother of my Lord comes to me. For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done a great thing for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promises he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you for this word. We thank you that you're going to speak to us through it this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the praise and the worship that reminds us that we are celebrating the birth of your Son, Jesus Christ. We ask you, Lord, now that you open our hearts and our understanding to receive the word as it is proclaimed. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Today we pick up the Christmas story as Mary and Elizabeth are both expecting child. In case you're not familiar with the story, we're going to backtrack a little bit and tell you how it all started. No, not that far back. We're going to go to where Zechariah, who was a priest, was in the temple doing his ritual duty to burn the incense at the table. You see, the high priest would draw lots among themselves to see who got the short stick to go in there and do this. Why? Because they had to enter the holiest of holies the part of the temple that was considered the most sacred place because the Spirit of God and the presence of God was said to be there. It was so holy that only one person would enter to do this job. And in case that person died suddenly because they weren't righteous or they weren't ready for it, they had a, a rope tied to his leg so they could pull him out. That's how serious this job was. And Zechariah had drawn the the short stick to do this. He was in there. He's about to light the incense. And an angel of the Lord appears to him with these words. Do not be afraid, Zechariah. 
for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will, hear, will bear you a son, and you will name him John. Joy and gladness will come to you, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. Even before his birth. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go as a forerunner before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared for him. These are the words that Zechariah was told by the angel inside that holiest of holy places. And you can imagine how afraid he must have been because this wasn't a regular thing. You know, you didn't just see an angel pop out when you were lighting the incense. He must have thought, this is it. I'm going to meet the Lord because it must have been very, very scary. But the scripture says that the angel told him not to be afraid. He told him that this was good news, but Zechariah heard the message, but he, he had a hard time accepting the message. You see, Zechariah's wife, Elizabeth, was old and barren. She had never had children. They've wanted, they had wanted children. They had prayed to the Lord for children, but they had not been able to conceive. And when he heard that they were going to have a baby, he just, he just couldn't believe it. It was just too hard for him to imagine that after so long, their prayer was going to be answered. Because he wasn't able to believe what the angel said, the angel told him that he would not be able to speak until the baby was born. There was only one person that was extremely happy about this, the wife. She had a silent husband for nine months. For nine months, he waited, he signaled, he wrote, because he could not speak about everything that he had seen and everything that he had heard. But he began to live every single day in expectation, expecting what was about to happen, what was about to come, the excitement of knowing that all of these years he had wanted a child, had not been able to have a child, but the Lord had told him he would have one now. The scripture says that Elizabeth went into seclusion when she was pregnant for five months. If you know anything about pregnancies, the older you get, the riskier it is. Right now, if you have a baby between 35 and 40, 45 in that range, they consider you what? High risk. You're a, what they call a high-risk pregnancy. Can you imagine what Elizabeth must have felt like when she realized she was pregnant and she was about twice that age? Think about that. She must have been, her husband must have been like, you know, walking with her everywhere she went, guarding her, making sure she didn't do anything she wasn't supposed to, having everybody take everything, every precaution around her. She was probably just worried every single day that she might lose the baby because she was so old. 
And yet, at the same time, they lived with this great joy and expectation that this baby was from the Lord, and because the Lord had said they were going to have it, it was going to happen. But she did go into seclusion for those five months because it was such a great shame for her before her friends that she had not been able to have a child. Back then, if you didn't have children, it was seen as, as something terrible, that your family was somehow not receiving God's favor. And so for her, this baby was everything. It is at this time that God provided something that Elizabeth needed and Mary needed. You see, I, know, I love this about God. God provides for things we need before we know we even need them. He makes a plan to provide for things that we didn't even expect to need before we need them. And so before she's able to go through the pregnancy, uh, to the birth and everything else, she has a meeting with Mary, who, by the way, happens to have her own miraculous pregnancy going on at the same time. Who would have thought? Right? They're both pregnant, and they both have partners that are scratching their head going, how did this happen? They're both trying to make sense of what the future holds because their babies have been said to be coming to do great things in the world. And as an expectant parent, that has to put a lot of pressure on you, right? I mean, here you are, in one case a virgin, in one case a, an older barren woman, told that your children will prepare the way of the Lord, that your children will open the way of salvation, that your children will change the course of history. And by the way, no pressure. Do your best. Take care of these children. God knew that it would be a comfort for them to have a time to meet each other and to talk with each other and to talk to somebody who could understand the other and relate to them. Have you ever seen when two pregnant women meet each other? It's, it's kind of like this automatic bond. Do your ankles hurt? Is your back bothering you? How's your morning sickness? There's all of these connections because they have some shared experience. They understand each other's pains and, and struggles. They understand how they're feeling and all the changes that they've had to go through. But when it is your first baby, can you imagine these two women who have never had children? You know, when you haven't had children and you're on your first one, you have no idea what you're doing. You don't know what to expect, what to do. You don't know if this is normal for me to throw up 10 times a day or not. You know, is this, is this the way it's supposed to be? And so they had each other. God allowed them to have each other. And that's where we meet the scripture today. In the encounter between Mary and Elizabeth, as they are both with child, as they are both getting ready for these births, as they are both having so many questions of the unknowns of what will happen with their children. It's an anxious but exciting time. I remember when Alanette was pregnant with Miguel with the first child, and we didn't know what to do. But we had to get a book. What to, what, what to expect when you're expecting. It was about that thick. I mean, I never read the whole thing. 
but it was big. But this book was so important because it told us, you know, this is normal. What you're going through is okay. That your wife wants to kill you is perfectly all right. <laughs> that everything is, is, is kind of touch and go every day. It's all right. That things are changing in her body and you're not supposed to point them out. It's all right. You know, all of these things that come with pregnancy, and I remember looking at the, at the tips for husbands, buy anything they want, when they want it, no questions asked. I remember going down, down to Krispy Kreme donuts because she had to have donuts in the middle of the night. And oh, Lord, we, we killed a lot of grapefruits because she wanted them by the five-pound five bags and would eat them. And she was so sweet, she would peel them and, and bring one to our coworker at work, which after a week told her that she really didn't like grapefruit. <laughs> but we do crazy things when we're going through that period and that stretch, don't we? Things are changing. Things are being tenuous. And at this time, then Mary and Elizabeth get to meet. The two women come to each other. And when Mary enters the house, the scripture says that the baby in Elizabeth's womb leapt for joy. And if you've had that experience of putting your hand on a belly when the baby is moving, it is incredible, right? It is an amazing thing to know that there's a living being moving inside this belly, a living creature, a, a child that is forming. And I remember that Miguel used to love the top right here just to put his legs right up there and so you could feel his knees out here somehow. It was crazy. And I can imagine how Elizabeth must have felt when her baby just began to turn and, and move in her belly. And the scripture says that the Holy Spirit filled her when she uttered these words, blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord has come to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting... The child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Elizabeth recognized at that moment, not through her own intelligence or her own understanding, but through the revelation of the Holy Spirit that filled her, that this was a special child in Mary's womb and that her own child had a, had a part to play in the story. She understood at this moment that what was happening was greater than both of them, and she recognized that these pregnancies would have an impact on the world. She recognized Mary as the mother of the Lord, a recognition that could only be given to her by the Holy Spirit. And the words that she said to Mary were so crucial. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. You know, one of the things that made Mary amazing was the fact that she was able to believe that God could do something that was totally impossible. Give her a baby while she was a virgin. She was young, but she knew better than that. She knew that that's not how it's supposed to work. And she yet believed that God could do what God said he would do. That that which 
God said he was going to do was going to come to fruition. She was able to believe that if God says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. That kind of faith that she had is just amazing. And this is what Elizabeth pointed out when she spoke to Mary. It is her faith in God's words that made her incredible. How could she bring herself to such incredible faith? Well, I got to tell you, she didn't do it alone. Angel Gabriel appearing before you kind of helps, right? But God must have given her the faith and the trust to believe that whatever he was saying was going to come to happen. I really don't believe that her faith alone is enough. I believe that God augments our faith with his own faith as he helps us to believe and to trust that his promises are true. You know, the world tries to tell us that we shouldn't expect certain things in certain situations. That, you know, there are things that are likely and things that are unlikely to happen. That there's odds. Now they call them analytics in sports, you know. The likeliness of you doing this is 30%. The likeliness of you making this is 70%. But what the world doesn't understand is that there's an X factor called God. And whenever you inject God into the equation, that which was unexpected can be expected if God says it will happen. That which was impossible is now possible because God does not have limits. And if it is in God's will and in God's plan to do something, there's nothing that can stop it. Well, you know, Mary praised God with this wonderful prayer, poem, song. I mean, it's kind of like all of those rolled into one. If you read it, you're going, wow, you know, this could be made into a song, a poem. It could be acted out. It's, it's so rich in what she says. But she basically recognized, I'm just a lowly servant. It, this is not about me. This is not about me. This is about this baby. This is about this Savior of the world that is coming. This is about what God is going to do to bless not just this generation, but generations to come. You know, it is over 2,000 years ago that this happened, and we are still telling the story of Mary and Elizabeth. We're still telling the story of Jesus' birth. We still celebrate Christmas every year knowing that people expected a Savior and that he finally came. Mary was celebrating that her baby would do great things, bring salvation, scatter the proud, bring down the powerful from their thrones, just fill the hungry with good things. So many things that Jesus was about to bring into the world. But one of the most important for her was that he would fulfill the promise made to Abraham that through him and all his descendants, everyone would be blessed. The blessing through Jesus is for the whole world. But it came through the line of Abraham because God had promised that it would be so. Through all of this story, we learn to expect the unexpected from God. We learn that, you know, if a young virgin and an old maiden could expect babies because God said so, then we can expect God to do incredible things that we might not be able to believe on our own. Hope came into the world because these two women trusted 
the word given to them by God. They believed in what God said, and they carried these births all the way through. To expect something is to regard something as likely to happen. So when you expect to go on vacation is because you've made some plans and you've made some preparations. But I would argue that to expect Jesus is more than to think of the likely and the, you, you know, the things that might happen or could happen. It is to expect the impossible to happen because God wants to do miracles. He wants to heal. He wants to restore. He wants to renew. He wants to give us new life through Jesus Christ. But we need to be like Mary. We need to be able to receive the word of God and believe it. So if you receive a word of prophecy, a word of promise, if you're reading a scripture and it speaks to you of what God wants to do in your life, I invite you to claim it. I invite you to call it forth. I invite you to declare it in the name of Jesus. I invite you to say, yes, this scripture is for me because God's words are true and faithful. Mary and Elizabeth did that, just that. They claimed and they accepted and they lived into the promise of bringing forth John the Baptist and Jesus, the Nazarene, into the world. And the course of history has been completely different because of them. Two women, unlikely to do what they did, simply because God issued the word and they believed God. What will we be able to do if we simply trust what God wants to do in our lives? And we believe that if he calls it forth, it'll be so. God only knows. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for the joy of expectation, of expecting, Lord, that you will act in this world and in our lives, of expecting, Lord, that you will show up with miracles and wonders and signs, of expecting, Lord, that you can do things that for us are impossible. On this day, O oh Lord, we pray for everyone who is in doubt, everybody who has heard word from you and is not sure about it, Anybody, O oh Lord, who is just doubting their faith in this moment, we just pray, O oh Lord, that you will strengthen them, that you'll be with them, that you'll remind them that your words are true and faithful, and that you will encourage them to be like Mary and Elizabeth, who were able to believe in your promises for them. I ask, Lord, that as we go through this Christmas season, we will not just expect the birth of Jesus, but expect all that, what, that, that birth means to us, new life, transform lives, living every day for your glory. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The altar is always open if you would like to pray. If you want to pray by yourself, you can come to the reserves section on the side. If you want somebody to pray for you, you can come to this side and somebody in our prayer team will come and pray with you.